And then turn back to the person that, that massaged you and give them a massage and say, God loves you this much that you're getting a, a massage in church this morning. And then, and then turn to the person that you're sitting next to. If you're not, then look to somebody that's far away from you and tell them, you look like Jesus this morning. You're made in the image of God. You look like Jesus this morning. And then you can have, you can have a seat. Where um, this is the week after resurrection. You can go ahead and have a seat. Um, this is the week after resurrection Sunday. How many of you are kind of tired of all the changes that we've gone through in the past year? Or, or how many of you want more changes? <laughs> no, we're, we're changed out. Um, I think this year there was so much whiplash. We're going to have school. We're going to cancel school. We're going to open the economy. We're not going to open the economy. We're going to have open the restaurants. We're not going to open the restaurants. And everything's back and forth. And, and um, I was kind of thinking through that about Easter Sunday and how it relates to us. Because we started the pandemic right before Easter. We ended right on Easter. And I feel like God has a message for us this morning. And on your, on your, on your notes, it says new beginnings. But I want to kind of change that to positioning yourself for breakthrough, positioning yourself for breakthrough, because in every massive change, there's opportunity. How many would would agree with that, that in every massive change, that there's opportunity? Um, I remember my grandpa, one of the famous stories that my grandpa would tell me over and over again, he came from Okinawa, and he started a restaurant here in Hawaii on, on the island of Oahu called Kamehameha Grill, and he was drafted into the military and he said while he was in the military, he saw the way that the, the soldiers were eating because he was the cook. He got drafted into the military to cook for the, for the um, soldiers on this huge naval ship. And he said when he saw that how these guys ate, and, and he came from Okinawa, so he knew how poor they were. He said, and, and they pulled up to this one island, and he said, John, I remember pulling up to the island, and in one day, our naval ship set up uh, airstrip for planes to land on on the island in just one day. And he said when he saw that, he automatically knew that America was going to win World War II. Now, can you imagine, it was just 60 years ago that planes were flying over Pearl Harbor and bombing Hawaii. It was only 60 years ago. It seems like generations ago, but it was just a generation that there was planes from Japan flying over Hawaii bombing bombing our, our harbor and sinking our ships. And my grandpa, in that environment, when everybody was paranoid and wearing gas masks, he said everybody was wearing these gas masks because they didn't know when the next bomb was going to fall. And it's kind of like today. You see people with masks on all over the place, right? It's kind of the same environment. But he said there was such panic in Hawaii that everyone was selling their properties, everyone was selling their lands, and it was in that environment. He walked into a real estate office knowing what he knew from being the cook on a, on a naval ship, and he went in and he said, John, I was wearing a gas mask, and land prices were really cheap. He, he said it with a Japanese accent, land prices, very cheap, a gas mask. And and he bought as much land as he could. Because in a sea of change, how many of you know there's opportunity? 
And we're seeing huge shifts politically. We're seeing huge shifts in the economy. And it's in these massive shifts that opportunity exists. And what I want to talk about, not just, not just um, physical opportunities, but spiritually as well. And I, I believe God is positioning you, he's positioning me for breakthrough. And how do we know where to be? How do we know where to position ourselves? I was, I was talking to a friend, and my friend, he's kind of a, you know, a chaser of opportunity. He sees this going on, and he'll chase it, and he'll see that, and he'll chase it. And then, you know, he, he misses a lot because he waits for it to come before he gets there. And I remember Wayne Gretzky, one of the greatest uh, hockey players, he said, good hockey players, they skate to where the puck is, but great hockey players skate to where the puck is going. And one of, one of uh, my friends, he, he, he showed me this, um, this saying this past week, and he said, if you want to be in the right place at the right time, how many of you want to be at the right place at the right time? He said, if you want to be at the right place at the right time, it's very easy. You just need to find the right place and wait. If you want to be at the right place at the right time, you just find the right place and you wait. And that's what Jesus told his disciples. When he ascended, he told his disciples, I want you to go into Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So this message is entitled New Beginnings. It's a new beginning, but it's also positioning yourself for breakthrough. There is an opportunity that God has designed every single one of us for, and we want to be at the right place at the right time. Amen? I was thinking through just the crazy emotional roller coaster the disciples must have gone through during Passover or before Passover. Can you imagine? How would you feel if you had left everything to follow Jesus? Some of you have left everything to follow Jesus, but if you were following Jesus and this person that you were following was entering Jerusalem and there was palm branches being thrown in front of him. People were laying down their coats. They were shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you're, you're now in the, the, the main capital of Israel. You're, you're seeing your Messiah, the person that you followed being hailed by all of Jerusalem. How many think that the disciples are pretty stoked four days before Passover? You know, they, they, their emotions were probably just like, yeah, it's happening. God, Jesus is going to bring the kingdom, and we're here. We've positioned ourselves correctly, and we've, we've left everything. We've followed him, and now the kingdom's coming. And four days later, just four days later, the opposite happens where the people that are in power, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they, they spread lies about Jesus, and they, they spread ill will to where he's pulled into the marketplace and beaten and sentenced to die and hang the most horrific, suffer the most horrific death on a cross that's not only painful but shameful. And you're seeing this 180 turnaround as a disciple. Your emotions are going from just total elation to now what? Just complete hopelessness because the person that you're following and gave everything up for is now being crucified and he's dying in front of your eyes. How many of you think that the, the, the disciples are just a little discouraged? So this roller coaster, up, down. Three days later, what happens? He rises from the dead, right? 
this tremendous hopelessness and pain that they feel all of a sudden is now, I can't believe that he's risen. Everything that we believed is correct. He's the son of God. He can't die. And now their emotions are like on the mountaintop again. And then he ascends and leaves them on earth. And they thought that he was now the indestructible person that can't die that was going to bring the kingdom. And then he leaves them. How many, of these, how many of these whiplashes do you think the disciples took? And this is in a relatively short period of time. I mean, I, if I was his disciple, I would feel like I need to take some kind of drug to like, keep the bipolarism you know, like, away, from, away from me. And, and, and then he leaves and he says, but, but I'm returning, and I'm going to return, and I'm going to grant eternal life to everybody who follows me. And so they're like, we saw Jesus raised from the dead, so Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Lord. Caesar's not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And what happened to all his followers? They started getting killed. And they're like, that's okay. It's okay if they get killed because they're going to raise from the dead the same way that Jesus did. And he promised he's coming back and he's granting life, the same life that, that he had, we're going to have too. And, but what's going on? Because... Dad just got killed, and it's been a week, and it's been two weeks, and it's been a month. And so there's just this crazy roller coaster of emotion that the disciples are feeling. But in all of that, 2,000 years later, the kingdom still advances. God's kingdom still moves on. Change happened, but drastic opportunity also happened, and the kingdom now is 2.5 billion people strong across the planet. No matter what happens with change, the kingdom still goes on. Amen? And we, we are seeing change, but there's opportunity in change. And so I want to talk, Jesus said, how many of you want to know how to position yourself for breakthrough or how to prosper in the change that God has? Four things. Um, let's, let's read the scripture together and then we'll start. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and God added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I want to talk about how to position ourselves for breakthrough, four things that this scripture talks about. And these four things are not exciting things. They're not earth-shattering truths. They're not, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, you could consider them boring but it's the foundation of positioning ourselves for breakthrough. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you that you have allowed us to be born during this time and in the place that we are at. Lord, there's not one person that's born during this time outside of your sovereignty and outside of your plan and your will. And every single person sitting here is a secret weapon that you have for this island that there is an assignment that you have created for us from the time that we were born. The desires that we have, the experiences that you've given us, 
the passions that, we, that you've created in our hearts. God, you've, you've given all of these things to us for your glory and for your kingdom to be used for such a time as this. And even though there's foundations that are being shaken, God, we present ourselves to you this morning. We ask that you'd speak to us. Prepare us for what you have in store for every single one of us. Give us eyes to see. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Um, new beginnings, new seasons. Um, I remember when Kamehameha first got started on this island because it was a new school and there was a lot of change that they were open to a lot of different things that they weren't open to on the main campus on Oahu. And we, I'll talk a little bit about it later, but we saw one of the greatest youth revivals on the campus of Kamehameha High School in 2006, 2007, and it was because of change. Change opened up an opportunity for the gospel to be shared on the Kamehameha High School campus. And I feel God has positioned all of us in different areas of the Maui community to take advantage of what has gone on. Number one, the first way to position ourselves is to have a life that's devoted to God's word, to have a life devoted to God's word. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Psalms 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. During this pandemic, we got in the habit as a, as a family to get together in the morning and do soaps. And how many of you know it's not the easiest thing to get teenagers to get out of their bed at 7.30 in the morning and spend time reading the Bible and writing a, writing a, a journal entry in, this, in a soap journal? It's not, it's not easy. It's like pulling teeth. And to, to do it in a way that they won't just write out rebel and, and hate you for it, it takes a little bit of tact. Like our youngest will give, you know, some money to, we'll promise him a puppy. <laughs> For the older ones, we let them use their phones. We don't ground them from their phones. There's a whole bunch of different things that, that we've done over this past pandemic. But through it, God has, God has been able to speak to us. It's not just the, the reading of the word, but the rhema word. In the beginning of this pandemic, I remember we got together with our intercessors and we prayed and we said, God, what are you saying about this pandemic? And Robin, she went to the word and she said, the word Goshen comes to mind. The word Goshen and the significance of Goshen was that during a pandemic, during a plague during Egypt, Goshen was a place of safety, protection, and provision for the people of God. And so what God spoke to us in January of 2020 was that we would see a pandemic hit our shores, but that the church would be a place of safety. And that's exactly what we're seeing from, from 2021 looking back. The church hasn't had one case of COVID except Sharina, Asata, or Sharina Houston in Michigan, because she doesn't count. But, but she, had, she had COVID and her whole family had COVID, but they weren't, you know what the problem was? They weren't coming to Grace Bible Church. <laughs> I'm just joking. But the church became a place, not just of protection, but of provision. There was story after story of how God was prospering his people during this time. And it, it was spoken in the beginning of 2020, before the, before the virus even hit the shores of Hawaii, before it even came to America, God spoke to our intercessors about, about Goshen. Um, 
there's a whole bunch of stuff that I, that, I, that I could talk about, but being devoted to God's word. When we get into his word, his word will speak to us. Number two, a life devoted to prayer. And they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone say prayer. Everyone, um, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, it will be open. And I, I remember... Uh, 2000 and, it was 2006 that, that we saw that revival happen on every high school campus. But what led up to it was a movement called Unite, United in Prayer. And all the churches would come together and we would take time to pray with each other for an evening. And how many of you remember that? I, there's, I don't think there's a lot of people that are here that would remember that. But we had a Unite, United in Prayer event in the Maui Wa'ena Cafeteria. And we took the yearbooks of every single high school on the island and we wrote down the names of every single high school student in every yearbook. And we cut the names up into strips and we distributed it to, to people who wanted to make a commitment to pray for these names throughout the year. And so for a whole year, every single high school student on the island was being prayed for by somebody in a church on Maui. Isn't that awesome? Every name was being covered in prayer. And the very next year, we saw revival on the high school campuses. It was so powerful. We saw, we saw on Kamehameha campus, I remember when I was working with youth back then, the whole cafeteria, every single table, had groups of students doing the discipleship material one-to-one -one with each other. We saw... We used the Kamehameha pool to baptize kids because so many kids wanted to give their lives to the Lord. We, we, had, we packed out the, the multi-purpose room at Baldwin, and I think 40 kids gave their lives to the Lord in one meeting at Baldwin campus. And kids were the ones that were directing. There, it wasn't youth pastors. It was... It was the students sharing how God changed their lives. And the students would come up and share what God did, how God would heal brokenness in their hearts because of divorced parents and, and how they got delivered from drugs because of hurt. And they would speak to their friends listening and say, you guys need to know Jesus. You need to get baptized. And it, be, it was because of prayer. We saw the same thing happen at Baldwin. There was this kid, Sam Sear. He was the number one golfer, went, into, went to go play professional golf later, and, and he came to know the Lord, and he was very influential on the campus, and he packed out the entire gym. Half of the gym was students from freshmen to seniors, and he shared his testimony in front of the whole school, and I don't know how many of them received the Lord. It was a student-led revival, <clears throat> but it happened because of prayer. And there was another United in Prayer event where, where churches came together to pray. And at the time, Maui's economy was down. The, the, there was crime that was up, and, and there was a drought. And for an evening, the churches, Waipuna Chapel, this church, House of Restoration, there was... 
I don't know how many churches, 12 churches that prayed the entire night. We, we got there from 9 or 6 and stayed till 6 the next morning. And it wasn't even a month later that we saw a huge rainfall. We saw the biggest drug bust in the history of Maui. And then we saw the economy turn around because of prayer. How many of you believe that Maui needs some prayer right now? And, and we're organizing a Unite in Prayer event for the end of July. And I want to encourage you guys to, to, to pray for that, to come out to that. Uh, there's, we're going to pray for every area of our island, government, education, business. We're going to have uh, different ones from the different sectors of our community come and share prayer needs and then break up and, and pray with uh, the larger body of Christ for, for what he's doing on the island. So how do we position ourselves for breakthrough? Number one, we stay in our word. Number two, a life devoted to prayer. Amen? Number three, a life devoted to connecting. All of these things are not easy. It's not easy to get in your word every day. It's not easy to pray because it's easy to fall asleep when you pray. It's connecting with other believers. It, it, it takes intention. Every Wednesday, I get together with a group of guys, and, and I love getting together with our group of guys, but it takes intention. We're, every one of them are more busy than me, but they come out this past week when, when we met together. Uh, one, one of them is a business owner, and he's, he was in the middle of fixing up his entire showroom, and he had to, he said the whole day, he said, okay, God, I promise I'm going to go to group this week. And... And it got to the end of the day, and they were still working on their showroom, and, he, and he, 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 his guys were looking at him, and he said, hey, I got to go. You guys got this. And, you know, he's the boss. And they're like, what? You're going to leave us? And he said, I promise God that I'm going to go to my Bible study. You guys got this. And he left, and he came to group. And, and it takes an intentionality to put connecting as a priority in our lives. Connecting with other believers is one of the easiest things that we can push aside, but it's one of the most important things that we can do. I can't tell you, several of the, several of the um, most stupid decisions of the past month were avoided in my life because of this group of guys. <laughs> One actually boarded on being uh, a little bit illegal. And they said, John, that's stupid. And I was like, yeah, that is kind of dumb. And, uh, and I made the decision to, 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 to not do some gray things in, in, in my life. Thanks to these gentlemen here, Chris and Mike and Matt and the other guys in our group. But I prioritized getting together with, with believers because the wisdom of God comes out. Amen? How many of you have ever been with another believer and you, you're taking the time to be with another believer and you're going through a problem and you, you don't know the solution to it, but as you're talking, that person begins to speak to you and you know that it's coming from God? And why does God do that? Why doesn't he just speak straight to you? Because he's designed the church to be interconnected and interdependent on one another. We cannot live this life without other believers. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, I need you. I, and, and say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. I, 
a life devoted to connecting. And let us consider how to stir up one another to loving good works, not neglecting to meet together as is in the habit of some. Especially with social distancing, it's so easy to neglect meeting together. Uh, but if we want to position ourselves for breakthrough, position ourselves for the opportunity that is created by this change, I believe this is one of the things we got to prioritize, connecting with others. Not, the, not neglecting to meet as is in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Number four, a life devoted to sharing. One of the things that, that Jesus said is, it's my meat to do the will of the Father and to finish that work. Like, there's so many people that, that and myself included, that look like, I, I got to get fed. I want to get fed. I'm going to go here to, like, I, I, can I tell you a pet fee that I have? And, and, and I don't, you know, I don't care. Everybody, the, the, the kingdom of God is much bigger than Grace Bible Church. So I love every pastor. Like, my, the, the pastors in this, in this, on this island are my best friends. But it, it, it kind of, I'm just going to be honest. It kind of, like, it kind of irritates me a little bit when someone tells me, I'm just not getting fed here. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, like, we all got to go where we're going to get fed. But one of the things that Jesus said is, it's my meat to do the will of him who sent me. Right? So I recognized when I went to college, I, I looked for a church that I would feel good and I would get fed. And, and then God corrected me. He said, you know why you're not, you don't feel like you're getting fed? is because you're not doing anything. Because your meat, you know, how you get fed is by obedience. And so a lot of people, when they go somewhere and they're like, I'm not getting fed. And then they'll go to another church and they'll say, this church isn't right either. I'm not getting fed here. And then they'll go to another church. I, I'm not getting fed here either. And they keep like going to all these different churches and their excuse is, I'm not getting fed here. This church isn't good enough. You know what the problem really is? Okay, I'll let you fill in the blanks for that. God can feed us anywhere if we do as well. Amen? And, of course, we can go to, you can go to any church you want. There's tons of good churches on this island. But whatever church that you go to, be a blessing to that church and be obedient to the Father, and you'll get fed. Amen? Amen. Um, this last thing, um, I believe the perspective of our hearts if we want to be at the right place at the right time, position ourselves for breakthrough, the perspective that we have to have is that we belong to the mission of God. That our church doesn't have a mission, but God's mission has a church. I'll say that again. Our church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. God's mission has a disciple. It has a life. If you say, God, you have a mission I want to be a part of that mission. You're positioning yourself for breakthrough. You're positioning yourself to be used by God in a way that he has designed from the time that you were born. And I, I believe every single one of us, no matter where he's placed us, he's placed us as mothers, as fathers, as truck drivers, as, 
as stay-at-home moms, as principals, as administrators of businesses, of owners of businesses, managers, whatever place that God has put us, we are his secret weapon for what he wants to do in the next season. Amen? You're, you're the secret weapon of what he wants. Could, could we have the, the worship team come up and we're, we're going to close with, with a song. Um, can we all stand and... You know, I don't, I don't know where every single one of us, I don't know where you are, um, but I know that God, every single one of us have desires. And if you're a believer, the desire that God's placed, the burden that he's placed on your heart is your assignment. And God wouldn't have given you a passion, a desire, a burden without the empowerment of the Spirit to carry that mission out. And, and some of us had a plan of how that was going to take place. And then COVID happened. Others were closer to seeing the breakthrough of what God wanted to do because of COVID. Whatever it is, God is positioning his people for such a time as this. Amen? And the same way that Jesus told his disciples, go and wait for the the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe God is telling us as his people in this day to position ourselves well, stay plugged into the word, stay plugged into prayer, be intentional about connecting with other believers and have the perspective to share, have this perspective that your life is not your own and God will use us in this hour and time. Amen? Amen. Can we sing this together? Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of every praise we could ever breathe He's worthy Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you the name above every other name Jesus the only one who could ever see worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you
that you would open up our eyes. You said to your disciples, lift up the fields are white into harvest and pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into his field. And God, we give ourselves to you this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would give us harvest hands. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see that every single soul belongs to you, that you paid for every single soul with your blood. And even though they don't know you, even though they don't claim to care about you, God, that you have placed us, you've positioned us, Lord, to be used by you. And so God, help us to see, Lord, help us not to see with our physical eyes the closed hearts or the hardened hearts that that people put in front, but God, help us to see the eyes that you see, Lord, that in every single life there's a treasure that is waiting to be unlocked, that there are gifts, that there are talents, that there are passions that be, can be given as gifts to your, through your kingdom to the world. And God, you've, you've made us as, as these treasure seekers that as we, we come in contact with people, Lord, that you've given us the amazing privilege to introduce people to you and that the treasure of their life can be unlocked and that they can be a blessing to the world in the same way that you've called us to be. So God, we give our lives to you this morning. I thank you for every single person that's here, your secret weapon for such a time as this. We pray that you would use us and position us for breakthrough in this season of change. And we ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All God's people said, amen. amen, amen. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Make it a great week.